Welcome to Not Meddling, Just Mothering, a podcast geared to bring encouragement and hope to mamas struggling and contending through the many issues of parenting adult children. We're Missy and Asha, and we're discussing different topics mamas face when their kids grow up. We don't claim to be experts, but between the two of us, we have more than 50 years of experience parenting. And now that we've embarked on the ultimate season of mothering, adults, we recognize that it may have been beneficial to have some of this knowledge beforehand. So with a heart to help, we started this podcast. The foundation of our mothering is the Word of God. Here are three verses we're going to stand on for this podcast. First, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they shall not depart from it. This is truly applicable, no matter how old your children are. Next, Proverbs 31, 28, 29. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. This is something we all would love to hear from those we've raised and our husbands. But truly most important of all is knowing that children are a blessing that God has entrusted us with. It says in Psalms 127, 3 and 4, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. These verses help us to remain faithfully anchored, especially when facing trials and pushback and feeling unappreciated and sometimes even dishonored. Listen in to what we have to share today. We have a new episode to share with our listeners. We're just looking at that big responsibility that falls on us as parents, specifically as mothers, to point our kids' hearts towards the heart of God. Mm, yeah. And that is such a heavy responsibility. It's more important them being good citizens or good sons and daughters or you know even even when they're parents it's more important I think for their heart to be turned to God than to win parent of the year in yeah. at their at their child's kindergarten but this is a discussion that we have kicked around for years and it just goes into that mindset that when our when our now adult children are faced with suffering whether it's our suffering or their own suffering or suffering they see in the world, it's easy for anybody to say, well, where's God? Well, why did God let this happen? And if, if this is a God that can let this happen, how can I trust him? Right. My faith. Yeah. yeah. So. It's a difficult thing to navigate suffering because we all have different perspectives. So I was talking to one of my kids the other day and I was telling them, you know, people don't realize much of the injustice or suffering in the world until they're faced with it personally. And they don't have passion to change it or help until they face certain things personally. A lot of the times the suffering is over there, so you can't see it. So good to see you. Missy, or good to hear you. Um, Let's go into our wins because this is is going to be a heavy subject. So we might as well get with the positive first. I like to start our our days like that. Um, So as you know, I have three children. 
Two of them are married with babies. And then one of them is not married and has no children. There's just a lot in our family where, you know, in their early 20s, it's not normal anymore for people to be married. I mean, that generation is kind of delaying that whole process a little bit. And so when you meet somebody that got married at 19, 21, 22, 24, it's like, oh, they married young. My generation, we got married kind of young. And in our mother's generation, our grandmother's generation, they got married very young. So this son is 24. He'll be 25 in the fall. And he gets a little bit teased, like, hey, when are you getting married? And and I'll say it like, hey, I'm waiting for a (laughs) daughter-in-law. But today when he was here visiting, we went to church and I was thinking, you know what? He is so at peace. Like I don't see him scratching and stressing and he's not dating like a bunch of people. He is just waiting. And I'm like, gosh, how much of a example is that even in my own life? Not, not that I'm out looking for dates or anything. I'm not fully married. <laughs> that you know, when I want something, like I will go get it. I will make it happen. And God, get on board because this is where we're going and I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't see, and it would be so easy. And it, it's not to say that dating is wrong because I think you've got to date to know what you're looking for, what you're not. But it's like, he is just waiting. Like he, he goes to a Christian college. He could ask any of those girls out. He, you know, he attends in the city that he lives he could find somebody between the ages of 20 and 30 that he could ask out but he doesn't he goes camping by himself (laughs) he has a ski trip planned in the winter with one of his guy roommates to Utah you know he's just he's going with me to Dallas next month and so he's just keeping busy in what God has him in and he's not scrambling to do what I mean even my granddaughter who's seven years old said you don't even have a girlfriend are you never getting married it's just funny that he's just he's just putting one foot in front of the other it's not like he's lazy it's not like he's not super handsome beautiful he could Mm -hmm. you know he could find a date in an instant yep I can testify to that (laughs) but he's just not compromising and I thought that's a win you know, yeah, when, it is. because it's a, it's a lesson to me. Yeah. Like stop doing it your way. Wait for God. That's really good. That That's an awesome win. Yeah. I, I agree. I have a son in that, in the same boat and he's the same. That is an awesome win. My win for this week, I was trying to think, I keep going back to the issue we had just recently, my son being attacked, his character being attacked, my youngest son. And so this week, he told me a couple of days ago, he said, guess who I saw today? And I said, who? And he said, so-and-so. This is one of the family members that was attacking his character. And I was like, oh, really? Did you talk to them? He said, sure. I said, yeah. Hi, how are you doing? And they said, fine. How are you? Fine, thank you. And, and then they said, oh, okay, we'll see you later. And they, they, they were in a grocery store. And so they walked away and he said, wait, wait, wait. And the person turned around and they said, he said to them, I'm so sorry to hear about your, your dog dying because he saw on Facebook or somebody told him that 
they lost one of their dogs uh, a couple of weeks ago. And she was just like, oh, thank you. Thank you. It's okay. And walked away. And then he said, like an hour later, I was in Menchie's and I saw another one of the family members. They came into Menchie's with their wife and a bunch of kids that they weren't their kids because they just got married. But he said they came into Menchie's and they were in line and and they said, hello. He said, hello. And he said, wow, you guys work quick because they're newlyweds, you know, and they had like three or four kids with them, you know, just joking around with them. And he said the guy looked pretty nervous and was having trouble with the machine and stuff. And the wife's like, well, we got to get the ice cream. Come on. And he's like, the machine's not working <laughs> or something like that. And he said, come on, hurry it up. There's people in line, you know, and he's just acting his normal self because that's what he would do normally, you know. Right. And, and one more thing is his girlfriend's mom told me that because he was at the her his girlfriend's dad's birthday party and one of the family members was there also. And he went straight up to that person and he said, hi, how are you doing? And greeted them and was kind to them the whole night. And I'm just amazed at the grace he is able to show to people that have treated him and badmouthed him and said that he was disobedient. I'm just amazed at how he can do that. I'm thinking that's a huge win. That is a yeah. huge win. So, because yeah. I, I would say I have trouble, not, I don't want to say faking it, but I have trouble just being calm and peaceful right. <laughs> when I meet somebody who's been horrible to my family. <laughs> right. And, and that's exactly what my daughters were saying. They'd be like, I would not be able to do that. But the thing about it is, is I said, how can you do that? He says, mom, they have no power over me. They don't affect me. And I'm like, man, I want to get to that place, you know, <laughs> but I, yeah. it's harder for me. So that's a huge win for me. And he's a really good example to me. And I, I appreciate it that I can learn something from my kids too, you know? So the subject for today is how to keep the faith through suffering. Yeah. When our suffering, their suffering makes them feel like they're losing faith. We want to shield them from hard situations so that they believe that God is all cotton candies and unicorns. But that's not, that's not real life as a human. And it's not, it's not real life as a Christian. Right. So the, the word faith, I looked it up. Faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Strong belief in God or in doctrine or religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. There's a lot of things we can have faith in. And what we're discussing today is faith in God. That's when I say lose faith, I'm thinking faith in God, because at this moment, I have lost faith in certain people, you know, in certain leaders, and that can happen. And I have to rebuild that trust. But I have never lost faith in God and who he is. The way I do that is there's a scripture, I can't remember the reference right now, but it talks about faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So 
whenever I feel like I'm losing faith, I just go and dig into the scriptures and, and find something that will encourage me and remind me of who God is and what he has done and how he has done it. And that's, that's the faith I'm talking about. Romans 10, 17. I looked it up. Thanks. Romans 10, 17. Yeah. Hearing and hearing comes to the word of God. Yeah. 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 And I, sometimes we suffer because of what other people have done to us. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're randomly at the mall and there's a gunman. That's, that's a suffering. You know, you may be affected by that tragedy, you know, even just in fear, even if you're not the victim of that crime. But sometimes our suffering is our own choices, bad decisions or lifestyle. <laughs> so, you know, when you look at that and you're like, okay, God, how do I build my faith? How do I build my adult children's faith? Do I cover up, you know, what's going on? So uh, would you say that your parents shared with you their sufferings through the years? Now our parents are in their 70s. So it's a little, it's a little different. Like they got to tell us when they're hurting. Right. I think that when we were younger, like grade school and middle school age, they didn't share as much. But when you grow older and you're in high school, you see things and you can recognize things. And then we would ask questions and they would share with us. But I don't think they would come and say, oh, no, we don't have this or whatever. Or dad lost his job and I don't know how we're going to pay the electric bill or whatever. You know, I think that they would just, for the most part, take care of things for us, you know, and that's how it should be. And of course, when we were older and we were able to help, if there was any kind of a need, we would be able to pitch in and do things that when we recognized and saw, okay, this is not right, something's happening, or if dad lost his job, or if whatever it was that happened. And that's what they taught us, you know, because they taught us how to take care of each other. And do you think that in your guys' family, you shield your kids from any faith-shaking revelations, anything that they would suffer through, that they would be protected and nothing, or, or do you think they know some of your suffering? I'm sure that they know some of the suffering, and I think it's the same thing, the same way we were when I was growing up. When they were younger, we would not hide things from them, but not share it with them. Like there was one time when my husband had to do something at work and report somebody that was higher than him that was doing things that were illegal with the business. And when that happened, uh, the guy came after Ed and kind of almost stalked him for a while. And one day he saw him, his car parked outside and he saw the guy in his car with a gun pointed towards Ed's car. So he sped up and drove off like that. Now, one of my kids was in the car with him. So they saw that, but everything before that, he hadn't told him anything of it, you know, because yeah. that's I've never heard that story theory. before. That's oh, that was a very, very long time ago. That's that's scary. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was scary. So of course there's stuff like that we want to shield our kids from. As they've grown older, there's been issues like with health and stuff like that for my husband. 
especially like in 2011, he had severe depression issues and was tested and blood work done and his dopamine and serotonin were extremely low. So he had to go on some medication for a while and it affected everything, his job and everything. He could not function for a little while. There was maybe a month or two, I think that he was away from work. And then he was slowly getting better. When he went back to work, they let him go. They signed and he signed this thing, which looking back now, I was like, he was not fully, you know, 100%. And and I, I think that they took advantage of that and they, you know, just let him go and, and had him sign this yeah. a waiver and that, that they gave him a severance stuff and things like that. But, you know, that stuff they knew about because they were a little bit older, high school age. And so when that happened, they, they could see their dad wasn't right. They, they could see he wasn't well but they saw him recover and continue to fight and continue to fight and do all that he needed to do. And had that not happened, to be honest, we would not have ever gone to Africa to serve as directors of that orphanage. So that was the only reason because he was out of work. He had had lost his job. And we saw that on Facebook that there was an opening and I'm like, oh, we could do that. And he's (laughs) like, yeah, we could do that. I really do feel like God orchestrated because the pressures of American life are so much different than, than living in Africa and running an orphanage. There are their stresses of their own, and there's a lot of suffering and a lot of need over there. We were able to see that and recognize that. So that I think that kind of has helped as well in what we're talking about today for my kids to be able to see this is how these people live, and they still have faith in God and they still trust him for their lives and everything that's going on. So those were a couple of the things that I think personal suffering in our lives have shown them how to continue to be in faith and trust God. I do have one one son, my youngest son, who when things come up, like this is more recently after we came back from Africa, we didn't have a job. We didn't have a lot of support because when we came back, the support, the financial support stopped. So ended up moving to California from Colorado because my husband got a job here. Then he had a stroke. So then he lost his job then. And then after that, got another job. And I think they were downsizing. So he lost his job then. Oh, actually that first job he quit and he, he went to another job and then this job he lost. So it was so frustrating at the time because my youngest son is like, mom, I think we're cursed. I really think we're cursed, you know? And I'm like, no, we're not cursed. You know, we're blessed. Just people, you know, go through things. It's not, it's not that God doesn't care for us anymore or that he's turned his face on us and he has cursed us. And and there's that scripture that I, I sent to you. I'll, pull it up about the trials, you know, enduring trials. Let me find it. Well, and while you're looking for that in our own family's life, one of my children um, was a victim and I've heard them say, I haven't heard them say it lately, but back then during the time of healing and pain, they would say, 
where, where's God in this? If there's a God, why did this happen to me? I don't right. know that there's a God because why yeah. didn't he stop this? And it's tough. It's tough because, it really you know, so, sometimes we suffer because of where we were. And sometimes even so, it still doesn't seem right. You right. know, exactly. As you hear suffering of children around the world, and you're like, why, why them? Where's God? You know, like what kind of God would allow that? And yet there's so many circumstances. And, you know, but the Bible says, if, but if it were not for the mercy and the grace of God, it would, it would, we would not be here. Yeah. So, yeah. The scripture that comes to mind for what your daughter went through is Romans 5, 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith unto the grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. As far as the suffering that goes on in the world, it's like God says it's it's producing endurance, it's keeping you going. I've heard that saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that is definitely in reference to pain, to pain yeah. and suffering that we go through. And it's the truth. If it doesn't kill us, it's making us stronger. It's teaching us how to uh, move forward and try to veer through life, you know, and continue the good fight of faith. Yeah. And I mean, it's easy to say that, but in, in the throes of it, it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. You know, it just, when you're on your bed and you're like, I could be really, really sick or, you know, mm -hmm. this could be the end or right. I'm gonna pay that bill. You yeah. know, I think families, it's, it's hard to look up and have faith and it's scary when those people that you have been raising look at God and they're like, you're not a very good dad. Yeah. If you, you know, you're not a good heavenly father, but this is what you let happen to me. Right. That's and so, and so I think, I think again, because we always talk about modeling for them faith and modeling for them obedience and humbleness and humility in our own lives that we have to say, see this hard thing that's happening to me, I'm still going to trust God, you know? And so I, I remember back in 2016, I had a mammogram that was iffy, kind of questionable. And then I had an ultrasound and that wasn't doing so good. And then I took a blood test that looked like cancer markers. And I had three of the four cancer markers. However, I did not have cancer. Mm. And I was just talking about that with my son and my husband this weekend that the, the, this doctor expert was like, I don't understand. How can you not have cancer? And yet you have three out of the four markers. Mm -hmm. And I remember all of my kids were just like, oh my God. And I was like, I, I could have breast cancer. I, we don't know. And then they said, no you don't but it was just a moment where the whole family just 
almost stop breathing for a second. Like, mm-hmm. What do we do with this? You know, like, gosh, I only have one and a half grandkids probably, <laughs> you know, and now I have four. And, but it's like, is this, is God taking me now? Is this, you know, will they be, all be without a mother, without a grandma, without a wife, you know, without a sister? Is this it? And so it is so easy in that absolute suffering to just say, what, God, what do you have planned? I can't see your hand in this. Yeah, it really you know, is. But, but if all of us, whether it's our children or us, if we don't build a track record of faith with God, then when the little and the big things bite at us, we'll lay down and just quit. Yeah. You know, we'll like, never mind. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like dieting. It's easy to diet when you're the only one home and you can make your little salad and you can, you know, do your do your exercise. But when somebody says, come to our birthday party, we're having ribs and birthday cake. <laughs> that's not as easy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's the right. same with faith. It's easy to have faith when you are it's Sunday morning and it's praise worship music and you've got your little Bible and your little Bible app all week. But then you get slammed and it's like, if you don't have a track record of faith with God, then you don't know that you can trust him. Right. So our kids have to get their own faith. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what it is. They have to build their own faith. We have the responsibility of introducing it to them and teaching them the way of the Lord, but ultimately they have to pick it up and run with it. And, and that's our goal. Like you were saying at the very beginning, that's the most important thing is that they, they understand who God is and have faith and can be able to walk with him through their life so that when they do go through these trials and tribulations, they are able to get through it without becoming cynical or jaded or resentful. I'm learning lately that it's, it's really difficult. It's like your tests get harder and harder. It seems like, you know, as you go along, they go get harder and harder. And there's the scripture that I think of when I think of that is count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. And I think that is the main purpose of all the trials we go through is is so that we are steadfast and uh, everything comes to completion. And we come to this understanding that, oh, even if this happens, God is still in control. Even if I have breast cancer, God is still in control. Even if we get thrown out of a church, God is still in control. Even if my dad is sick and I don't know why God is still in control. And that's basically the bottom line is that we need to have that confidence that God is in control and he cares for us. He cares for us so much that he sent his son to die for us so that we could spend eternity with him and we wouldn't have to suffer hell. So I think lately my kids have been teaching me, my son, especially with what has happened recently is like, I can see his faith is true. I have not attended a church service since 
the week before Father's Day. Out. <laughs> yeah. And the reason is because of the most recent trial we've gone through is that fact that we were told that my husband was fired, my daughter was fired from a church that we were attending. And the reason was just a ridiculous reason. You know, I don't know how their hearts can uh, justify it, but it has given me this mistrust of leadership in churches because the jobs we did were able to put on the church service and we were fully involved in that. So now that I go and try to attend a church service, I'm like, mm, what's the motive of the lead pastor? And how does he treat these people that are serving for with him? You know, and would he get rid of them if he thought, oh, okay, I don't need you anymore? Or is he actually a shepherd that's like having relationship with them? So it's at this point, I see it more of as a performance. And I'm struggling through that. But I'm reading a book that's really good called Broken Trust. The guy's like saying he's got stories from all kinds of people. And Missy, you and I attended a church together that was really controlling and toxic. And yeah. you were able to get out of that a lot sooner than we were. But this guy is just sharing different stories like that. It's like my thinking is, okay, I'm not the only one that's thinking this or feeling this. But then I look at my son. And this morning he got up really early and he came into the into the living room and I was sitting there just reading and he's like, uh, what are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm getting ready for my podcast. And he's like, oh, he's like, I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm going to church. And I said, oh, okay, that's great. And he's like, I guess I'm the only one that's going to be going to church from now on because nobody else is going to church. <laughs> and like, Well, I said, I just need a little time, but it just pleases my heart that he, he wasn't affected so deeply as I was and I'm praying that that's what it is and he's not just stuffing it you know yeah but, but what about the rest of your family are they hurt like you or attending church or well we you know we've been talking to a counselor and we were talking about this the other day and my husband said he's just doing what I need for now and he's honoring me he's like it doesn't bother him to go to church and he as soon as I'm ready, we'll go back. But he's he's honoring me. And my girls have been to church a couple of times. They haven't gone, but they want to find a church that's oriented to what their their lives are, you know, more young adult kind of thing. And so I see a shift now in life for all of us that it seems like we're going in different directions. But who knows? There might be a... Um, whole turnaround and maybe we'll just start a church by ourselves no I'm just kidding <laughs> I mean that is normal you know that your adult children would go to churches you know like if they were living with you they would pick a church that best suited them not right the family church so yeah and That's one of my daughters has even said that the only reason she was at that church that we were at is because I needed help with the ministry that you were doing yeah yeah the, well it was a job I was hired to do the, <laughs> the kids I was yeah. getting paid for it so and I needed help with that so she came to help so but it's it's interesting how even 
the suffering of people affects each one of us differently. You know, the, the things right. that, that we go through. I mean, one of us can go through the same exact thing. And, the, and this counselor told us this, he said, it's kind of like you guys got hit by a bus, all of you. You all got hit by a bus. But depending on where you were standing in front of the bus is how it affected the impact that it that had on you is yeah. how, it, how it's affected you. Some might have been just grazed by it, you know, and some might be been hit head on. And so you have to heal from how you've been hit. So, yeah, it was pretty that's good true. Uh, analogy. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is going back to all of us need to build our our ability to manage suffering mm-hmm. and build our faith. So I think whether it's with our kids or even in our own heart, you know how they talk about people keeping track in a journal, like a prayer request, and then when God answers it, I think this is one of the ways that we could build our faith too, is that we say, look at this thing that I thought was not going to ever get full. Yeah. And then look at how God came through. Right. And, it, and it, I mean, we all say, oh, we're going to keep one of those journals, one of those blessing journals, and we forget to write it down. We, we don't keep it with us every day. And then we pick it up like, oh, look what happened two years ago. We haven't written it in two yeah. years. But I think, you know, that would help us to manage our attitude towards suffering. So suffering can be directly related to our own sin mm-hmm. or generational curse, which I was talking to my son this weekend and he is we were talking about somebody's past choices and he said, yeah, well, if you uh, make stupid choices that then you win stupid prizes. And I was like, that's true. (laughs) You know, that it's a direct consequence of something that that person did. And now they, you know, they have to live with it, you know, in some ways, but in John chapter nine, there's a place where Jesus heals a man that was born blind. It says, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And I, I think... That's it. We're like, God, why did this happen to me? Either I'm such a bad person or you're not a good God. Mm-hmm. And then we don't realize there's a third option. Well, there's kind of four. <laughs> there's a, there's a, I guess the second one is you're not a good God and you can't protect me from an evil world and an evil devil. But the third option, God's like, because I trusted that you could go through this with strength and grace and purity of heart. And I trusted it so that you could be a testimony to me. Well, that's good. I mean, sometimes we don't, we're like, fail. (laughs) Yeah, that just reminds me of Job, you know, when, if you read Job in the very beginning, it just talks about how uh, Satan came before him and God said, have you considered my servant Job? You know, God, God was bragging on him he's, you know, he's faithful. He's, he's the one. And he's like, yeah, well, it's just because you protect him and you have a hedge around him. And he said, nope, he's faithful, you know, and the devil kind of challenged and God said, go ahead, look, he said, 
do what you want to him and, and see how he will keep the faith. And sure enough, I'm like, okay, Lord, don't have that much faith in me, please. <laughs> because he had so much suffering. Show that They say this was a man blind from birth. So obviously mm-hmm. he was a grown man. Right. As, or as my kids say, grown ass man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a yeah. grown man. And, and all this time, I mean, years and years of, you know, when he was five, when he was 10, when he was 20, mm-hmm. yeah. however old he was, that people would go, God, why is that guy born blind? It was all for the moment that Jesus of yes. Nazareth was going to walk by and heal him. That's so good. That is so good. Like, no, don't let me suffer because I'm not ready for you to manifest your brilliant heavenly light in my life I don't want to be Mm. used like that Hmm. that's so interesting that is good yeah there are there are so many reasons and we just don't see it you know it's kind of like a tapestry right the front is perfectly beautiful and the back has all these intertwining things that that's the part we see and we're like I don't see this doesn't make any sense but you turn it around and it's it's a beautiful magnificent piece of art and that's what God's doing yeah, uh, through all of us. And it says, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And before Jesus comes back, every single thing that we suffer through is a testimony to somebody else. It's God's desperate attempt to win another heart. Yes. Yeah. And so those hearts might be our own kids. Those hearts might be family members that just don't see God for who he is. And it might be just the world. But someday, because we believe that he's taking us from this world, when, when he comes back for his chosen people who have, who have believed in him, we'll be gone and there will be night and mm-hmm. there'll be nobody to testify mm-hmm. of, of him. And so, you know, while we're here, we're salt and light. It's like we, we have to show, you know, even when it's so painful, when it feels so hopeless, somehow we've got to get over ourselves. Right. And going back to what you were talking about, journaling the prayer and the answered prayer and things like that, and keeping note of what God has done, that's really the biblical principle they always would erect monuments to what happened here, you know, what God did here, you know, they build a stone monument to whatever it was. And so that's a biblical concept. And it is very, very good to do because then we have a frame of reference where we can say, when we're suffering now, we can say, oh, yeah, but God back then he did this. He did this. Mm-hmm. So if he can do that, he can surely take care of this. And it keeps our faith going. It's kind of crazy how many times a day, a day, mm-hmm. a week, a month, that we have the chance to show ourselves strong in faith and we can miss or hit over and over again. Yeah. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, my daughter said, I'm not sure we're going to find a house to buy. We keep beating, getting beat out. There's been six contracts that we lost out on. I'm just, I don't know. I'm nervous. And I was like, it'll work out, you know? And 
I really did believe that it would work out. I really did believe there was, I wasn't just saying, no worries, it'll work out. But I just right. knew that this is going to work out. And she wasn't saying that it wasn't. It was just at that moment, so, so easy to go, gosh, it's so hard. <laughs> right. You know, life is so hard. This is so impossible. Now they're under contract and they'll be closing in like two and a half weeks, three weeks. And that's so awesome. Like, that's, it's easy. Now you are going to own a house <laughs> and it's going to be less, less expensive than your apartment. You know, it's, and it's, it's got a yard and it's got all the things you were praying about, but it's so easy. Every one of us, every single thing that we suffer, we're like, this is it. It's over. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, it's not going to work out. God does yeah. it to me. Exactly. But, that's, that's really good. I think that we have to encourage our kids to that it may not work out the way we want it to or the way we would like it to, but he works all things together for our good. And because of that, we can keep, he, he has in the past, so we can keep trusting that he will in the future. Because why would he all of a sudden just drop us? You know, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. never mind. He's a good God and he's a good father. Well, how about I pray? And we just ask God to, to just show us, you know, I, th I think sometimes we just need to see, it's kind of like, you know, with our kids, we're like, okay, be good, be good. There might be a surprise at the end of the day, be good. Mm -hmm. And we know we're going to their best friend's birthday party, or we right. know we're taking them for ice cream, but they don't know. So they lose the will to be obedient all day long. Mm -hmm. And then by the time we get to, oh, I was surprising you with going to their house for swimming. All of a sudden they don't, they haven't earned it. Like yeah. they actually shouldn't get to go because they've been naughty all day thinking that, that we weren't really serious and we weren't going to bless them, you know, mm -hmm. with something. Yeah. And I think that's us is like, we, we're so caught up in like, I want, I want my blessing now that we can't wait we can't, we can't put it off and wait. For yeah. And just to add to that, I think not that you're saying that we have to be good to earn anything from God. No, no, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's just a, it's just an illustration you're using. I understand that, but I just wanted to clarify for our listeners that, you know, we don't have to earn God's um, love. He loves us no matter what. Why yeah. I'm just saying that we, we have the chance. We can't wait and we thankful. can't wait. Yeah. Right? We, we don't trust him. We're like, yeah. oh, no, I don't see the answer right now. So it must be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or they're not, they're not really going to do anything fun. They're just doing it. So I can just yeah. leave them forever. And I don't believe them now. So yeah, they lose our, their trust in us. So, yeah. and that happens a lot, especially when they were little, but they, they learn over the years that they can trust us as parents, that we're going to take care of them and we're never going to do anything to harm them. Where Everything we do is for their good. Sometimes we may not do things the way they want them. And sometimes we may do things that they don't want us to do. But everything altogether is always for the good of our kids. God said, if you as human parents yeah, you never give can, your kid a kid stone gifts. when they ask for bread or a right. snake. Who am I, God, that I would not give you every good thing? Right. Who are you that you, you think you can give your kids good gifts? Well, you think you can? Look at me. I'm God. Yeah. <laughs> How much more will I give you good gifts, right?
So Thank yeah, God. that's good. That's so good. Well, let me oh, pray. Okay. Father God, you give us the opportunity to, to hear your voice and to walk through our own experiences and the experiences that our kids suffer through also. You show us that suffering is just an opportunity to trust you more. But I ask you, God, when our kids suffer, when other adult children suffer, that they will not lose the faith and they would stay strong in you and they would focus on all that you've done in the past and all that you've promised in your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today and just sitting with us as we discuss past suffering, present suffering, and our desperate need to trust a holy God and to know that he will provide for us. When you find yourself losing faith, this is exactly the moment to dig back in and get to know who God is. And the best way to do it is his word. We hope this has been a blessing to you. You've got this, mama.